Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you ever wished that we'd include soothing nature sounds as a background throughout a Get Sleepy episode? For example, maybe you would like to pair tonight's story with the sound of gentle rainfall. Well, now you can. We have partnered with the Deep Sleep Sounds app to help you create soothing soundscapes that will play in the background while you're listening to Get Sleepy. Here's what you need to do. Simply download the Deep Sleep Sounds app, choose your preferred sound and add it to the mix by tapping in the circle next to it. Make sure you go to the Controls tab within the Deep Sleep Sounds app and toggle the button to Allow Background Audio. This will mean you can listen to Get Sleepy and the app sounds at the same time, and you can control the volume of the specific sounds in the Mix tab. It's the ultimate sleep experience. Through our partnership with Deep Sleep Sounds, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to deepsleepsounds.com slash getsleepy. That's deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. Or just follow the link in the show notes for a 30-day free trial of the Deep Sleep Sounds app. Good evening and welcome to Get Sleepy. The podcast where we listen, we relax and we get sleepy. My name is Tom, and I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight, we'll relax at Max's place, a hut by the beach, where our soon-to-be friend serves up refreshments and good company. And it will all be read by the soothing voice of Arif. Make sure you're nice and comfortable in bed, finding the position that feels best for you right now. If you need to plump up your pillow, or you want to pull the covers up a little higher around your neck, you can do that now. Just enjoy the coziness of your bed and the opportunity to relax. 
Once you're comfortable, begin to slow your breathing to a pace that feels right for you. Draw the air in and feel how your body moves with the breath. Then release it back out, noticing the sinking and relaxing of your muscles. The motion of your breath is similar to that of gentle waves. The inhale resembling the water as it retreats into the ocean. And the exhale is like that of a crashing wave releasing its energy over the shoreline. Continue to follow the breath, visualizing the calming, wave-like motion as we turn to our story. We're heading to a place where your cares and worries are replaced by the gentle lapping of waves on a tropical shoreline. It's where our friend Max treats his visitors to refreshing drinks, delicious food, and a welcoming smile. It's the perfect place to relax after a long day. So, let's head there now. Time for the night shift to begin. 
Max heads up the hill to the bar, which shines like a beacon in the darkness. Lanterns glow at the corners of the terrace. There are strands of twinkling fairy lights along the roof and hanging from the bamboo beach umbrellas that stand between the tables. It gives Max a deep sense of satisfaction to see the cabana from here, noticing how it illuminates the darkness. As he climbs the hill with his back to the beach, he can see nothing but the lanterns and fairy tale lights and the giant umbrellas glowing like candles. The grove of olive trees in the field behind it is almost invisible, perceptible only as a vague, shadowy outline against the night sky. Max loves the contrast between light and dark, and the fact that his place stands out so brightly. He likes to think that a traveler on the road or the sea might spot the light from afar. He wants the cabana to be a bit of everything to everyone. A pit stop, a haven, a home. It's a place to relax in peaceful silence and solitude or to chat with the locals. Max's place is whatever you want it to be. Once the sun has set, the cabana empties out as many of the beachgoers head home, but some people still linger at the tables, enjoying the cool evening breeze and the glow of the moon over the water. A family of tourists sits at one, a couple with their two children eating chips and chatting happily about their day at the beach. Next to them is a group of young friends who've just come in from swimming, their hair still damp from the sea. There's also a local couple that Max recognizes. They're perched atop the tall bar stools, sipping on ice-cold drinks. He chats to them as he begins his shift on the other side of the counter. After turning on the radio, he starts sorting the glasses and cleaning out the sink. He takes pleasure in these simple tasks, which have become so familiar over the years that he hardly has to think about them. It's easy for Max to hold a conversation with whoever's sitting in front of him as he cleans the counter, rinses plates and glasses, or prepares a dish or a drink. As 
the couple finish their drinks, the woman tells Max that they're still thirsty from their long day at the beach. He knows just what they need, the delicious fruit punch he makes to perfection. He pours pomegranate, mango, and pineapple juices into an ice-filled pitcher and mixes them thoroughly. Then, he adds a dash of his secret recipe, a sweet, sugary syrup. He keeps stirring methodically until the mixture is cold and perfectly balanced. Then he divides the contents of the pitcher into two tall, frosted glasses along with some crushed ice and tonic water. Next, he adds the finishing touches. A sprig of mint, a little freshly grated coconut, and a cocktail umbrella. Max likes to make these little umbrellas himself. They're almost exact replicas of the full-sized bamboo ones near the tables. It's small details like these that make the cabana such a special place. He takes care of every single aspect. Nothing is overlooked. The couple are delighted with their drinks. They savor them sipping without hurry as they chat to Max about their day. In the meanwhile, a few more customers arrive from the road. It's some local boys from the nearby town, Max notices. They park their bikes, pick an empty table at the edge of the terrace, and order some drinks and dinner. There are only a few items on the menu at Max's cabana. He doesn't consider himself a true chef, but he likes to think he's perfected a few dishes. Roasted eggplant with cheese or fresh fish with tomatoes and herbs. He likes the simplicity of salads and takes time preparing each one with care, slowly washing and cutting the vegetables, tossing the leaves and mixing it all together with a fresh, lemony dressing. He also prepares baskets of warm bread, potato wedges with rosemary and salt, and little bowls of marinated olives. Max always uses the freshest local ingredients for these recipes, and everything tastes better by the sea. When you're hungry after a long day of swimming and basking in the sun, even an ordinary piece of bread can taste utterly delicious. 
One of the most memorable meals of his life was a toasted sandwich with fresh tomatoes, cheese, and olive oil. After a long swim in the ocean on a hot summer day, it was simple, yet deeply satisfying. Max can still remember the taste and the pleasure of the first bite. When he has a moment to take a break, Max likes to watch his customers eat and drink with relish. Some are so hungry that they finish their meal in just a few mouthfuls, while others prefer to savor their food, perhaps for the taste or perhaps for the view. In such beautiful surroundings, there's no reason to rush. The group of teenage boys has been sitting at the corner table for at least an hour now, slowly eating and sipping at their drinks as they talk and laugh together. In a different setting, they would probably gulp their food down and then rush off to their next destination. But there's something about the sea and the atmosphere at Max's that changes them. They realize there's no hurry, nowhere they have to be. Instead, they're simply enjoying each other's company, and they're appreciating every aspect of the evening, from the taste of food to the feel of the breeze in their wet hair. Max doesn't mind being busy at work, but he also loves moments like these, where he can sit on the stool behind the counter and take a break. He doesn't feel that he needs a rest, but he likes to see his customers enjoying themselves, immersed in conversation or sitting together in comfortable silence. The boys are chatting and joking, speaking so quickly that they often interrupt each other, finishing each other's sentences. The couple sitting nearby, on the other hand, have barely exchanged a word since they arrived. Some people know each other so well that they don't need to speak. They can communicate without saying a word. Max has a similar relationship with some of his friends and even a couple of customers. They can sit in silence for a long time without any awkwardness. When the other person finally speaks, it feels like a continuation of Max's own thoughts. Just at that moment, he sees a similar interaction between the couple. They've been sitting side by side, drinking quietly, 
Then the man makes a comment. Something about a song on the radio. His partner smiles, and as she replies, Max recognizes the mutual understanding between them. It's a deep intimacy that comes not just from compatibility, but from years spent in each other's company. When Max watches other people or listens to their conversations, he reflects that it's impossible to feel lonely, even when he's technically alone, away from friends and family. As long as he's in the presence of other people, he feels connected. He also knows from experience just how easy it is to join the conversation, especially in a place like this. People are always friendlier than you might expect. Most of the tables are occupied by groups, but at the one nearest the counter is a young woman sitting on her own. Max can tell at a glance that she's not lonely or self-conscious. She gives the impression of being a seasoned traveler, an adventurous spirit who's happy in her own company. She eats, drinks, and flicks through the pages of her guidebook. When she looks up from the page, she sometimes seems to be eavesdropping on the conversations of the others. There are other moments when she appears to be happy doing nothing at all. She lets the pages of the book fall shut, leans back in her chair, and gazes at the view. In a way, there's not much to look at, just the shadowy outlines of the rocks, the moon, and the silver crests of the waves slowly moving towards the dark beach. But it's the simplicity and tranquility of the view that make it so enchanting. After years of working at the cabana, Max still hasn't tired of this panorama, so he can understand completely why the woman is mesmerized. The music on the radio has been playing uninterrupted for a long time. Then a song ends and the DJ begins to speak. It's a gentle interruption, but it breaks the spell. The young woman shifts in her chair, stretches her arms, and then stands up. Max assumes she's about to leave, but instead, she comes over to the counter and orders a drink. 
She doesn't know what it's called, but she tells Max she wants the drink she saw him making earlier. The fruity, icy concoction. As Max prepares it, mixing the fruit juices with the ice in the pitcher, he makes small talk with the woman. She introduces herself as Natalie. She explains that she's traveling around the country alone. Her original plan was to leave the island several days ago. But at some point, she changed her mind. She's fallen in love, not with a person, but with the island. The relaxed pace of life and the natural beauty. It's because of all this, she says, turning around and gesturing at the view. The moonlit panorama, sea and sky. The world is full of beautiful coastlines, but there's just something special about this place. It's something she can't quite identify a magical quality. Perhaps, Max says, it's the uniqueness of the rock formation. There's a rocky arch that extends into the sea, wide enough for a small boat to sail through. The top of the arch is so thin that from a distance, it looks no thicker than a finger. The distinctive formation gives the coastline a certain character. There are even a few myths and legends about the arch. Natalie looks intrigued. She takes her drink and sits at one of the bar stools instead of returning to her table. She asks Max to tell her more. He tells her the myth of the arch, speaking slowly and with care. Once upon a time, says Max, there was a sailor who voyaged across the seven seas. What began as a job soon became a passion, a vocation. He traveled from continent to continent, stopping off at any island he might encounter on the way. He was in search of new places, people, and languages, keen to discover everything that the world had to offer. For the sailor, travel was an education. He met all kinds of people, from astronomers to mystics, and learned things that were not written in any book. He ate exotic fruits and swam in secret grottos, and he explored beautiful mountainous landscapes that were wilder and stranger than anything he had ever dreamed of. 
never lingered in a place for more than a few weeks. He was always on the move, intrigued by what lay beyond the horizon. The riches of the land and sea were endless, and he was content to roam the world for the rest of his life. But one evening, after many long days and nights at sea, his boat landed here, in the bay with the rocky arch. The sailor dropped his anchor, walked across the beach, climbed the hill, and wandered through the olive groves until he reached the nearest settlement. Although he had visited many beautiful places on his travels, countless island paradises, he chose this particular island as his home. He felt at peace here and ready to rest for a while after his long journey. He built a house on the cliff's edge and lived there happily for many years, tending to his garden and gazing at the sea. Every sunrise and sunset, you could find him there, watching the waves with a faraway look in his eyes. He had a happy, comfortable life on the island, but as the years passed, he began to feel a bittersweet nostalgia for his native country. It had been such a long time since he had walked through the green meadows and swum in the lakes of the land where he was born. And yet, all he had to do was close his eyes and he could see these places with perfect clarity. The memory sometimes seemed more real than his house or garden or the view of the sea. By now he was a very old man, too old and frail to set out on the long journey home. So the islanders were astonished to see him preparing his boat one day getting ready to set sail. At dusk, a group of them gathered on the cliffs over the bay to watch the sailor begin his journey. They were sure he would have a change of heart. Slowly and calmly, the sailor set off from the shore the boat began to move, not towards the open ocean, but in the direction of the rocky arch to his left. There was barely enough space for the boat to pass. It made no sense to go through, squeezing past the rocks. But just as the boat approached the arch, the islanders witnessed an astonishing transformation. 
the space between the arch glimmered and flickered. For a few brief, tantalizing seconds, the waves on the other side disappeared and were replaced by a view of a green meadow with tall grass and wildflowers. The sound of birdsong emanated from the arch, echoing across the bay. The boat slowly passed through and into the meadow. In that moment, the boat and the sailor disappeared from view, never to be seen again. The arch returned to normal, nothing but the rocks and the waves. The islanders watching from the cliffs were mystified, hardly able to believe their eyes. But eventually, they understood. The arch was a portal, and the sailor had returned to his native land. He had finally gone home. This is the end of the story, Max says. He and Natalie look across the bay to where the silvery outline of the arch is only just visible in the moonlight. Once you know the story of the sailor, the arch takes on a new, mysterious beauty and significance. Max says that he likes to tell this story to travelers. It's his favorite of all the local myths, and it has a hopeful message. No matter how far you travel, you can always go home. It's never too late. Natalie smiles and says that she's still young. She wants to spend more time on the island and continue her travels before heading home. But she's glad Max shared the story with her. This beautiful bay seems even more special now that she knows one of its tales. When Natalie finishes her drink and gazes at the view, Max returns to work. He takes the last orders and begins to clear some of the tables. It's late now and almost time to close. One by one, the customers pay and leave. Natalie packs up her things and says goodbye. She'll be back again tomorrow. As Max starts to clean the counter, he hears a familiar voice calling his name. He looks up and sees Frank, the fisherman, a regular customer who often stops by at closing time. While everyone else is getting ready to go to sleep, Frank is just beginning his day. Max has often already closed and gone home by the time Frank passes through. But tonight, 
He's closing later than usual. Frank is in luck. He orders a coffee and promises he'll be quick. He has to start working soon anyway, as the early morning hours are the best time for a good catch. Max and Frank never talk for long, but they enjoy their short conversations, chatting about work and sharing some local gossip. As Max prepares the coffee, using a noisy old machine that whistles and splutters, he reflects on his relationship with Frank. If it wasn't for the cabana, they would probably never have met, even though they live just a few streets away from each other. They have completely different schedules, night owl and early bird. This is one of the many reasons Max loves his job. He's grateful for the opportunity to meet so many different people and to get to know his neighbors on a deeper level. Over the years that Frank has been coming to the cabana, they formed an unusual kind of friendship, exchanging pleasantries, but also sharing secrets. This kind of work leads to a special type of intimacy, as people tend to express themselves more freely here. It's a combination of factors, like the relaxed setting and Max's character. He's a good storyteller, but above all, a good listener. After a quick chat, Frank pays, thanks Max for the coffee, and says that he'll be on his way. Frank is now awake and ready for work, but Max is visibly sleepy, stifling his yawns. He watches Frank cycle off and then completes the final stages of cleaning up wiping down the countertop and closing the cash register. When everything is clean and ready, Max heads out of the cabana and walks over to his bike. The island is so small that there's no need for a car. You can get anywhere you want on two wheels. He always leaves his bike in the same place, propped up against a nearby tree trunk. Like most of the other islanders, he never bothers to lock it. At the end of every day, it's always right where he left it. Max cycles slowly along the winding coastal path. Although he's feeling sleepy, he's in no particular rush to get home. This is one of his favorite parts of the day, the slow, 
meditative ride in the early hours of the morning, when the rest of the island is sleeping. He enjoys the freshness of the air and the peaceful quiet of the sandy track. The only living creatures making a sound are the occasional bird or insect calling to one another from the long grass in the fields or the branches of the trees. Then there's the comforting rhythm of the waves coming in and out, softly lapping against the shore. These noises have been the soundtrack to his life, as familiar as his own breaths. The sky is starting to get lighter now, softening into a gentle shade of blue. One by one, the stars fade away. The sun will rise soon, transforming the colors of the sky and illuminating the ocean. Sometimes, when he's not too tired, Max will park his bike in another scenic place and wait to watch the sunrise. The beauty of the morning sky never fails to take his breath away, no matter how many sunrises he sees. For Max, it's always a special, private moment. But for now, he keeps pedaling, with the sound of the waves ushering him on. In just a few minutes, he'll be home. As much as he's enjoying this tranquil bike ride, another part of him is longing for bed. He'll carry out his usual routine. After a quick shower, he'll change into a pair of light pajamas and utter a few words of gratitude. Then, with his mind and body ready for sleep, he'll sink into the soft mattress, turn over once or twice to get comfortable, and fall deeply effortlessly into sleep.